0: Greetings, travelers. Welcome back to Tales from the Enchanted Forest with your hosts, Fox and Sparrow. In the spirit of the festive season, this week we have a special guest joining us. Everyone, please say hello to Yulia.
1: Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. I've been wanting you here for a while, <laughs> so this is very exciting for me.
2: All it took was a Christmas miracle. Yay!
1: <laughs> uh this week's topic came courtesy of my good friend yulia and i told her if she wanted to talk about it she needed to come on the pod and share and now
2: here you are here i am and i'm so freaking excited so thank you again
0: we always love finding new people to snatch away and bring here with us always fun to have a new voice as well so that the travelers are not bored of just barrow and i i think i need a new name though just to fit in Ooh,
1: (laughs) what
2: animal name do you want well, does it need to be a forest creature, or can I just be a little chaotic? Because I'm really into llamas. <laughs> you could be a llama. You're a guest
1: visiting from the Enchanted Mountains.
2: Perfect. Cusco?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is our friend, Llama, joining us also here
0: today. Also known as Cusco. <laughs> Cusco. We will not be poisoning her, but it's never off the table. Hijinks are always around the corner. <laughs>
1: Fox, I don't think I even told you this. Uh, remember earlier this year when we covered the the glass Mountain story, Yes. that was recommended to us by llama i e yulia oh. i e Cusco
0: <laughs> It was such a fun story. It was very random, but I remember it was quite fun with him turning into was it is that the one where he turned into that wild animal and he started clawing his way up the mountain at one point and it felt like a fever dream
1: he he killed an animal and then took the claws from it to then like, get to make yes. his way up the mountain. Fever dream. Fever dream.
0: Well, some of these stories we cover, I'm just like, what is this story? You
2: know what? I think, I think there was a lot of creativity back in the day, you know? You had nothing else to do. Right? Scared of everything around you, so you just built really <laughs> epic stories. I love it. Mm-hmm.
1: And there was always that feeling of maybe this was real, but
2: I don't know. I can't be sure. I loved it. Like, in some essence, in some way, it was real, and then it probably just spiraled into the land of myth. Mm-hmm. So, recently we've
1: been starting our episodes with catching up with each other and what we're currently obsessed with, uh, but with the holidays fast approaching, I was thinking we could go around and just talk about our favorite Christmas movie, and because you're our special guest today, uh, could, uh <laughs> Llama, Cusco, I'm <laughs> just going to call you Cusco, is that okay? <laughs> That's perfect, I love that. <laughs> uh, Cusco, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Elf, without a doubt, Elf.
2: I, I watch it every year, yeah. Will Ferrell, it's a classic. He's mm-hmm. the inspiration behind my December diet, like, he's my hero.
0: <laughs> What's your December diet? Candy? Sugar. Sure. <laughs> ah, uh, Okay.
1: I love it. For me, my favorite Christmas movie is called Claws. It's a 2019 film. It was a Netflix original. One of the few good Netflix originals. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's like the art in it is just fantastic. And it's just a really cute take on why Santa became a big deal in this really small remote village. I really loved it. So if you like good animation, good heartwarming story, check out Claws on Netflix. And no, Netflix is not promoing this episode.
0: No, but I feel like that was a really good movie just because it was, I think the animation style was one of the things that I found really weird at first. But then also I thought the concept was quite original as opposed to just doing the same, like, oh, my dad's actually Santa Claus.
1: Have you seen this one at all, uh,
2: Cusco? No, I haven't. And I'm definitely looking it up right now. So uh, The art looks really cool. It looks Mm -hmm. reminiscent of... um, the animation's in Harry Potter when they do the...
0: Um, oh, yeah, the the Tales of the Beetle. Yes, yeah, it's, it's stuff bard. Yeah. Ooh.
2: That's a good call. I'm very into this art style.
0: I didn't even notice that, but yeah. I think it's also a good feel-good movie.
1: And we're actually watching the Oscars that year and thinking like mm-hmm. that movie, Claws, definitely needed to win animation, but it lost to Toy Story 4, and that <sighs> was just a tragedy. Toy Story 4 was one too many.
2: Honestly, and they wanna do another. But <sighs> Klaus has such a good cast, like Jason Schwartzman, Norm MacDonald, mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons, Joan Cusack, Rashida Jones. What is this? JK Simmons plays <coughs> Santa. I mean, what else what uh, could
1: you really want from this?
2: Oh perfect. Okay, well, sorry, I have to hop off this call and I have a Christmas movie to
1: watch. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> talk to y'all later. Well, thanks for joining us, Cusco.
0: <laughs> Bye. We'll see you next year. We'll try no, again. No, no, no. Please
1: stay. Please stay. We can watch it later <laughs> together. Oh my gosh, we could do that during the holidays
0: as well. I think there's nothing cozier than good Christmas, like animated Christmas movies, right? And cocoa. With that said, uh, have you
1: thought of one, um, Fox?
0: Yes. So, because thinking back, I was trying to figure out like what did we watch around Christmas time, and I think the two that we usually watched were Home Alone and Jingle All the Way. And I don't know if you've heard of Jingle All the Way, but it was like, my dad is obsessed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we've seen all of his movies just because my dad's always playing them. And I think this was one that my dad bought, thinking that it was going to be another like actiony movie or something, because he wasn't quite sure. Like it was, he just thought it was based around Christmas, but it would be like his other movies. Mm-hmm. But it's just him being a dad and trying to get this toy that he left till the last minute for his son. <laughs> And it's actually quite like, I. it's just when I'm thinking of Christmas, this is a movie I think about because I remember just watching it on repeat because um, my dad just loved how funny it was, how it was a lot more lighthearted so he could watch it around us and my mom without her being um, angry because it was usually like the movies he watched were not always age appropriate in terms of violence and gore for kids. So this was just one of the ones I remember when I'm thinking back to holidays with my family. I don't know if I've seen it recently, but I should probably try to see if it holds up. Because what I like to watch in Christmas movies and kids' movies is when you watch them as an adult, you're always like, why did I miss all these jokes that were adult-themed jokes when I was a kid? Right. So that's going to be on my to-do list now.
2: Yeah, all those jokes go right over our heads. So fully agree with rewatching childhood classics. (laughs) We're here for it.
0: So, dear travelers, last year we did a TikTok series and a special episode on all of our favorite Christmas monsters, so do be sure to check that out. But for now, Cusco, can you tell our travelers what festive folklore you wanted to discuss this week?
2: Yes! Okay, yeah, let's get into the good stuff. (laughs) Krampus. Krampus, aside from being like super fun to say, as an Eastern European kid, I've always been so fascinated by the fact that North American kids only get Santa. The worst thing that happens if you're naughty is that you get some coal. Okay, big whoop, okay? Krampus <laughs> really, really brings the motivation to behave all year round. He's got a few different iterations, like Turon from like my fellow Polish peeps. But BK is definitely the most recognizable. So
1: we knew that we wanted to cover Krampus. Is that it, Krampus or just Krampus? <laughs> because I've always been saying well, Krampus the whole time.
2: It's however you want. Even when you look it up, they're like for English speakers, Krampus. I'm like that's okay. <laughs> that's all right.
1: We knew we wanted to cover Krampus or Krampus. Um, but in our research, we found that there are many interesting characters, and creatures that may visit you during the holidays. And in the spirit of Christmas, we will overschedule this episode and cover not one, but three of these fabulous festive folk. If you are looking for a deep dive on the classic Santa Claus, though, you can check out one of our previous episodes on Twas the Night Before Christmas, where we go in depth on Old Saint Nick. So, Gather around the cozy fire and put on your favorite holiday sweater as we tell these holiday
0: tales. So first, we get to talk about the one creature that inspired this episode, Krampus, obviously. Kuzco, can you tell us a bit more and share your thoughts on this jolly fellow or nightmare creature?
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, All right. so, So everyone knows Santa, right? If they don't. They check out that other episode and get the lowdown. But he's Charlie, he's cheery, he gives toys to all the good kids in the world. And the naughty kids, Santa leaves a lump of coal. But according to Austrian and German folklore, bad children have much bigger things to worry about than a piece of coal. On the eve of December 5th, also known as Krampusnacht, the night before St. Nick's Day, Old St. Nick leaves presents in all the children's boots the good children's only though and at the same time another creature is out leaving sticks of birch in the bad children's booties but for the naughtiest of children well those he might just whisk away to his lair to torture or enjoy as a winter feast so this lovely devil creature old buddy krampus he's uh he's usually described to be covered in dark fur with goat hooves horns He's often depicted with sharp fangs and a long tongue that lolls about. He is essentially the anti-Santa.
1: When you say it like that, he kind of sounds like he is joker Santa's Batman. And now all I want is a Santa versus Krampus comic or movie. I'm not ready
2: for anything. That just sounds like a fun duo. There would be a snowball fight for sure. <laughs> you know, candy canes versus Birch sticks. Yeah, I could totally see this coming together. Oh my gosh. It's just really cute. I can just see
1: him, like Santa standing on the building, looking down at Krampus being like, you're going
0: down.
2: <laughs> it's an epic for the ages.
0: I don't know. I see them more of a duo. I think that it's like Santa's like, all right, you weren't good. So here's Krampus, my old buddy. Someone's got to do it. Oh man, they're Ooh. pals.
2: Good call, bad call.
0: <laughs> kind of, I think. Do they have like dinner on Wednesdays? <laughs> I feel like they just hang out when they're not doing this. They're just talking about how the world has changed so much since they were young. Kids are no longer all good. (laughs) Talking about the good old days together. But I definitely see them as like not pals maybe, but I do see them as two sides of the same coin almost.
2: So like Michael Sheen and David Tennant in Good Omens.
0: Sort yeah, of yeah, but <laughs> completing each other.
2: Yes. <laughs> love this. Yeah. Okay. Great. Michael Sheen as Santa. David Tennant as Krampus. At Ice oh, Hand. he would
0: be such a sarcastic Krampus. I would love it. Does that yeah. mean they're dating? Um, we don't ask. <laughs> oh, maybe that's fair. That's a personal question, Sparrow. Actually, mm-hmm.
1: I guess also Santa's technically married, so I guess that was really dumb.
0: Well. If he's a saint, is he allowed to be married, like Saint Nick? We know Miss is Claus, but I feel like that's later.
1: Hmm. All right, travelers, let us know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, back to to Krampus. Yes. um, Yeah, so this really is a story for the ages. It's believed that Krampus has been around in sort of traditional storytelling since the 6th century. Now, our first written record of him doesn't appear until the late 16th century. And since then, Krampus has really become heavily tied to the holiday season, especially St. Nick. But he's also got really cool ties to North mythology, because he's credited with being the son of hell. So, god of the underworld. Really, really cool backstory here. So, uh, yeah, I could talk about Krampus all day. This this wonderful... (laughs) Devil goat creature doing the dirty work that Santa just won't do.
1: A tagline on the comic book he's like Krampus doing what Santa doesn't have the guts to do.
0: <laughs> well, speaking yes. of guts, I do like Krampus, but I think my favorite nightmare creature that's kind of alongside Krampus is Perchta or Percha. And she's the one that comes on the 5th of January, I think, or sometime in January. And if you haven't cleaned your house, she basically <laughs> takes out your guts and leaves you like that so i like the idea that she's also going around so she could be krampus's other half we don't know but i like her a little bit better because i find it's a good motivation to tell your kids to clean and that's always a good thing
2: i was about to ask did my mom tell you to tell this story
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm like so Cusco sparrow i think you know just make sure you clean after the holidays otherwise you'll have no guts literally Oh, dang. The irony of making a bigger mess, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's obviously like you're living in filth anyway. Let me just add a little bit more to it since you don't mind.
2: <laughs> Savage. All right. So Christmas movies and cleaning. That's on
0: tap for the week. Perfect. <laughs> One thing I will say about Krampus is I do really like the Krampus run. Um, mm-hmm. So on Krampus night, what they do here in Austria is that you a whole bunch of people will dress up with their Krampus masks and basically these big fur coats. And they'll carry whips around and they'll chase people, mostly kids and teens. Um, And they'll be like cracking their whips. And it's just like a fun little horrific nightmare time, which is usually filled with laughter because it's never done to hurt anyone. But there's something just almost scary, not scary, but like it's something frightening about going out to town and then seeing a whole bunch of these creatures running and chasing a bunch of kids who are screaming. So I think, you know, if you ever need a little treat for your kids who are misbehaving, bring them to Austria on the 5th of December and don't tell them that this is what's happening and just let them loose. Maybe they'll clean after that.
2: The holidays are a terrifying time for a lot of people, so... Mm -hmm. It's true. We're just honoring it's
1: all, that. It's not all just commercialized, sanitized fun. It's
2: there's deep rooted horror and trauma that we need to unpack.
0: <laughs> so before you can enjoy your holidays and the Advent markets, first you have to kind of unpack this.
1: All right. So we've now known a lot about Krampus, Fox. Do you have any creatures that you want to talk about
0: besides the cleaning one? <laughs> I do have another one. So, while Krampus targets only the naughty children, the Calicantzorai were a little bit more ambitious with their chaos. These Christmas goblins from Greek folklore and mythology spend the majority of the year underground. There, they focus on their life goal to saw down the world tree. If you've been on this podcast before, or if you've listened to us before, you've know that we talk about the world tree quite often. It is a very common symbol used in various cultures around the world and is seen as kind of this connection between the heaven, the earth, and the underworld. By trying to chop down the tree from its roots, the calicancerae hope for it to collapse on the earth and wipe out all of humanity. Just your friendly goblins trying to bring about the apocalypse. <laughs> So if these little creatures are dead set on trying to bring about the end of the world, you may be wondering why they haven't succeeded yet. Surely a couple centuries of chopping and sawing will get the job done. (laughs) You would think, but apparently they're not very hard workers. (laughs) Um, Well, every year they get quite close to succeeding, but there is always a slight snag in their plans. Between Christmas Day on December 25th and the Feast of the Epiphany on January 6th, these creatures are able to come above ground. They say that they are only able to come at this time, as it's between the time when Jesus was born but not yet baptized. So, the Calicancerae come up to earth and create all sorts of mischief. If you notice food going missing or items moving on their own during this time, it may be thanks to these Christmas goblins. After Epiphany, they return underground to continue their work, but it's only to find out that the tree has completely healed itself, and so they must start all over again
1: that just sounds so awful like you work so hard and then you take one week vacation <laughs> and then you come back and everything is ruined
0: it's the tragedy of the corporate world you try and take a holiday but the entire time you're worried about what your fellow coworkers are doing and the answer is apparently nothing or reversing all of the work you have done during the year
2: cusco can you relate to this <laughs> uh, for legal reasons <laughs> <No>. uh. <laughs> Although I have now found my new excuse, you know, if food starts to go missing around the holidays, it's not me. It's the calorie cancer eye, right? Yeah, uh, I did not eat that entire cake on my own. Of course no. not. It was the calorie cancer eye.
1: Yeah, gotta look out for them. They're they're trying to start the apocalypse here.
0: See, I could believe that this started out as a lie someone told, and now it's just gone bigger and bigger and bigger. Now we have this fairy tale creature that we talk about as all things start
2: I love it yeah when your white lie spirals out of
0: control it's a very Pinocchio fable as you two might have guessed these are not exactly the brightest creatures and it's said that they can't even count past two one way to protect your home from them is to place a colander or a strainer on your doorstep the creatures will be stuck in a loop of counting the holes next never being able to get past two Eventually, they'll get bored and they'll leave. This reminds me a lot of the kind of the Nissa. I know we've talked about them quite a bit because I love them and I'm obsessed with them. But it kind of reminds me of the Nissa and how if you don't treat them right, they can start causing lots of mischief on your kind of farm or your house. And they take things, they put things in places that's inconvenient. Just little tricks they play to show you that they don't really like you anymore. Um, But if you treat them well, they'll help you with... The tasks of the farm, like milking the cows, and they'll help you clean up your house. So, maybe a little allusion to that. But also, the Yule Lads. I don't know if you guys remember the Yule Lads or if anyone remembers the Yule Lads at all, besides me.
1: I don't remember the Yule Lads.
0: So, I definitely think you two should watch Hilda.
1: Oh, but... okay. I did watch most of Hilda.
0: It's such a good animation. It's so cozy. Oh, it's it, honestly. I probably will rewatch it again for Christmas because it's so Scandinavian and sweet and has so many different folklore creatures. And honestly, I like Hilda. I think she's a good character. Um, but the the show does have lots of these different creatures in it. So you have creatures like the Yule Lads, the Yule Cat. You have the Nyssa and even like winter foxes, trolls. So I think that's a really good show to watch um, and probably will be my... Things I'm obsessed with next week when I start rewatching it, I think. Cause now that I've mentioned it, I'm ups- I want to rewatch it again. Well, I just looked up YOLADS and there's so many wildly
2: specific <laughs> individuals in this. So yes! I'm not gonna butcher the Icelandic language, so I'll go with the <laughs> ones. Um, but there's there's a gentleman named Stubby who is abnormally short and steals pans <laughs> to eat the crusts left on them. There's the skier gobbler, a Yule lad with an affinity for skier. And then Meat Hook, who actually uses a hook to steal meat. These are incredible. And there's 13 of them, apparently.
0: Yeah, there's Doorway Sniffer, sausage, sausage Swiper, Bowl Liquor. I don't remember any of the other ones, but they just like they do the weirdest things. And it's so specific.
1: Well, Did you guys know that the Yule lads had a
2: cat? (laughs) No, I did not. Perfect transition. (laughs) This is... It is an epic, epic segue.
1: (laughs) So, our last uh, holiday visitor that we will be discussing today is the Yule cat from Icelandic folklore. Um, Now... You guys know me, and I think some of our listeners now know too, I love cats, like, a lot. I was born to be a crazy cat lady, so I got really excited at the idea that I could be visited by a cat rather than an old man dressed in red or any of these other chaotic entities. But it turns out you might want to avoid encountering this kitty, even though it must be so cute. The Yule Cat was taller than a house and is often depicted with glowing yellow or red eyes. On Christmas Eve, the Yule Cat would wander from home to home to see if children had received new clothes for Christmas. If they hadn't received any new clothes, the Yule Cat would eat them up. As stated in the Yule Cat poem by Jonas Uncutrum, if one heard a pitiful meow, something evil would happen soon. This seemed peculiar to me. Unlike Krampus, the punishment didn't seem based upon the child's behavior, but rather on the kindness of those around them. So I had to dig a little deeper. Turns out the origins of this cat are unclear, and the first written records on it are from the 19th century. But it's believed that the idea of the Yule cat came from a very practical need for Icelandic people. During the Middle Ages, wool became a very important export in Iceland, on top of it generally being important for their own survival. Once the autumn harvest had been complete, a household's attention would turn to preparing wool to become yarn and clothes for the wintertime. This would be everyone's responsibility, including the children. During this time, not many gifts would be exchanged. But if gifts were given, it would have been clothes. But... This would only have been possible if everyone did their fair share of the wool chores. So this brings us back to the Yule Cat, who only eats those who have not received any new clothes. The implication here is that the child did not contribute to the family wool production, so the Yule Cat was likely created to scare children into not being lazy.
2: Alternatively, (laughs) yes, some kids rallied together and were like, we gotta scare the parents. I can't
0: keep wearing (laughs) hand-me-downs.
2: I need a new sweater. (laughs) I like that
1: alternative idea, too.
0: I like the idea that there's nothing else for the Scandinavians to do in the cold winter months besides making up these weird creatures. They
1: do have some of the best creatures, let's be real.
0: And some of the best, like, just random horror stories. Although I guess the, the cold, dark, long winters does lend itself to nightmares and mystery and stuff like that. So it does make sense. But can you imagine
1: if you just looked outside your, like, two-story home and, like, looked out the <laughs> top window and then saw just, like, a pair of cat eyes staring at you, like, at eye level? I mean, like, dang.
2: That sounds like your dream. That sounds like your it dream. Does. You just get to hop out onto a giant
0: cat? Right. And just make sure you have new clothes and it will leave you alone. Well, it won't eat you at least.
1: Can I just have like one sock and maybe you'll have to come see me to just just check out to make sure it's legit. And then I could like hug it and be like, I got the sock. It's cool. We're cool. But like, let me hug you.
0: I know like Halloween is usually the time when a lot of different podcasts and people start talking about monsters and creatures like that. But I really like that we always focus on the monsters. When we talk <laughs> about Christmas, it just seems like a nice change instead of being all festive and fun. We talk about devils and demons and crazy creatures that will eat you alive if you get the wrong gift or if you don't clean your house. It's a nice break from the festive spirit. Yeah, welcome to being
2: Eastern European. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. We're excited
1: to be here.
0: Thank you so much for recommending this uh, Krampus episode, because I think instead we would have done something a little bit more Scandinavian. but Instead, we get to terrify our viewers, which is always very fun. That is my gift. <laughs> it's a wonderful gift. The gift that keeps on giving. Exactly.
1: So the takeaway here is, you know, be nice so Krampus doesn't come for you and eat you. Be wary of shenanigans happening. Um the little Christmas goblins might come and make sure you get clothes. Like and if grandma gives you that like knitted sweater that you don't want, just say thank you cuz she prevented you from getting eaten by a cat. Aww. So and also clean your house because <laughs> yes. what was the other creature again that might
0: come for uh, you? our Percha, she'll take your guts out.
1: This is the this is the takeaways, and we're here to share all of that to protect y'all travelers today.
0: <laughs> the basic notes,
1: Cusco.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for humoring me and my desire to spread a little bit of Christmas chaos.
0: If you want to hear more from us and find out what our next tale will be, you can always find us in the most reliable place, which is our website, talesmechanforest.com. Otherwise, we are on pretty much every social media account. So we have Twitter, Instagram, X, we have Blue Sky, Mastodon, TikTok, at Forest. Or if you are a little bit more old school like Sparrow, you can email us at taleswillingchantedforest at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. So if you have anything to share, please don't hesitate to reach out. And remember,
1: there's always a place for you in the festive enchanted forest.